Hi there, you're listening to The Passion Project. Here, we discuss passions and all the things that surround them, like your mindset and aspirations in life. On this podcast, we are all arsonists. We talk about the fire that lights up our hearts, and I only interview people who have a fiery passion about something. And me, I'm just passionate about being passionate. My name is Dina A., and you're listening to The Passion Project Podcast. Again, ecstatic that you decided to come back for another episode. Over the moon, on cloud nine, ecstatic. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about passion in your day-to-day. Because we can talk about feeling intense emotion towards something and being passionate and creative and artsy and all of those things. But guess what? They don't really matter much if you don't know how to deal with them in your normal day-to-day or in actual real life. I mean, do you think Alfred Hitchcock would be celebrated the way that he is today if he just casually told people about his horrific imagination? No, he worked on himself. He figured out a way to translate that into a way that people would accept. And now his movies are considered to be classics. Shout out to Alfie. But so, I know, I really do know, and I've experienced this myself, there is a lot of stigma revolving around being passionate. I have come across so many passionate people, which I love. I I love it when I see someone's eyes light up and I see that sparkle when they talk about something that they're passionate about. When I tell them, wow, you seem really like a really passionate person, they almost always take a step back and they and they and they get defensive well i mean i i like this thing i'm not really a passionate person i don't know what you would no accept it there's nothing wrong with it if you're doing it in the right way and you can be doing so many things that are good for you but not be doing it in the right way and that's where the stigma comes from now what i've heard people say about people who are passionate is that our heads are too up in the clouds or we're not going to be able to make a stable living out of it or it's too difficult to pick and choose between the things that you love and the things that you're good at which trust me I can relate to that so much I've already said this a million times it's only like the third episode but I think this is like the 200th time that I say this but I am genuinely passionate about making music I just don't happen to be passionate enough to practice day and night so that I can perfect it and be amazing at it. Anyway, I'm actually starting to chip away at a a topic that I'm planning to delve into much, much more deeply with a guest co-host. So I'm going to stop talking about that now because that's all about translating your passion from what's inside of you to the outside world in the correct way in a way that does your individuality justice all right so today i'd like to discuss an article that i found on a website called themuse.com no i am in no way affiliated with them not yet maybe soon um the muse is a website that gives out career advice 
and career paths that allow you to work in the field that you want to work in. Now, I found an article by Kat Moon, and I almost disagree with every single thing that's written in this article, but in a, in a great way, in a way that allows me to steer it in the direction that could benefit me, because often we learn what we should do from learning what we shouldn't do. So, here we go. First of all, the article is called Four Reasons Following Your Passion is Overrated. <laughs> that just <laughs> kills my entire podcast, doesn't it? Okay, so again, like I said, the stigma revolving around passion is that we are not pragmatic people and our heads are up in the clouds and we don't have the ability to assess situations with logic because we feel too intensely towards something. So the first line, sorry, the first paragraph of this article says, if you've ever told someone that you don't like your job, chances are that passionate person responded by telling you to quit and quote unquote, just like start following your passion. First of all, in this day and age, we have way too much information and platform and so many people that we can reach out to and listen to their experiences and their failures for us to make mistakes like that, okay? So let me read the four bullet points that this article is talking about first and foremost. Number one, passions are difficult to prioritize. Okay, that is correct, but we'll get into that later. Number two, passions change over time. Number three, you're not always good at your passion. And number four, following your passion is a quote-unquote me-centered view of the world. Okay, I'm happy to have read these points because I've already kind of touched on some of them in the first episode. And throughout this, the rest of this journey, we're going to deeply dissect some of these, some of the notions in this article as well. Not specifically this article, but they just happen to be the same notions that we're going to be talking about. Anyway, number one, passions are difficult to prioritize. It says here, are you more passionate about math or engineering? Are you more passionate about history or literature? I, in this case, I would need to revert to the thing that I said about your element. It's important for us to cognitively analyze and dissect our passions. Staying on the article's point of do I like this or do I like that, why don't we take Mayim Bialik as an, as an example? And I really hope I just pronounced her name right. Now, Mayim is an actress. She is an actress on The Big Bang Theory. She was an actress on Blossom. She actually was Blossom, the main character. How many actors or actresses do you know who have a PhD in neuroscience? She does. How on earth are we going to know the connection between those two things in her head and in her heart? Here's my theory. I read a few articles about her and some interviews where she spoke about this because obviously it's, it's pretty interesting and it's a very curious thing for people to want to hear about, I think, and, and they're not wrong to want to. She said that she 
got she pursued her PhD in neuroscience because she enjoys it. She likes to be challenged. I'm thinking if she's someone and she was a teenager, I believe, when she was on Blossom, if she's someone who likes to be challenged and she was doing very well academically at her school, acting is probably a challenge for her. It was probably something so outside her comfort zone that she liked it and she wanted that challenge and she wanted something different. And that's what she did. Now, on Big Bang Theory, she's basically just a neuroscientist. So <laughs> that's not so much different than, than you know, what's, what's inside her heart. But who knows? That might be her passion. Her passion might just be knowledge and learning and different experiences. And I like that. I like that she's not shy to put herself out there. I would love to hear a story about someone who was a, a dolphin trainer and then became an airplane pilot and then settled down and uh, bought a farm. And now he's a farmer. <laughs> I love stories like that because you know what? We're complex human beings. We, we're not animals. We're not insects. We're not a piece of cardboard. We're complex. We have feelings. We are dynamic beings. Just because I'm someone who enjoys knitting doesn't mean that I can't be good at racing cars, for example. But I go back to that's where part of the stigma comes from. To the outside world, we seem like completely crazy and indecisive people. But to me, in my heart, it makes perfect sense. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I have a bachelor's degree in international logistics management. Some people also call it supply chain management. It depends, I guess, where in the world you are. Now, for someone who genuinely enjoys the process of filmmaking and also genuinely enjoys the process of logistics, I find it so interesting and fascinating. And I, I think I'm actually really good at it. That's actually my day job right now. To you, that sounds insane and it sounds completely ridiculous and both of these things seem very far off from one another but to me I know how to connect them within my soul I know the thing that connects the two and I'll tell you what it is like it's not a secret I wasn't gonna be all mysterious about it <laughs> in logistics you need to be extremely organized you need to the definition of logistics is being able to get something from point A to point B in the right time, at the right place, with the right price, and everything is very intricate. I mean, you are bridging countries and continents via vessels and airplanes and trucks and multimodal transportation systems and all that stuff. It's, it's not easy to do when you're, when you're working cross continents and things like that, but I like that about logistics. What the hell does that have to do with making movies? Well, I will tell you. Thank you so much for asking. I know that you're dying to know and you can sit back into your seat. You don't have to be on the edge anymore. I will tell you. <laughs> that was a very long sarcastic sentence. But anyway, with movies, if you know anything about the process of filmmaking, it is extremely extremely meticulous 
I mean, you have location scouts. You have you need to have a blueprint of where all the plugs in in the area. You need to know where the lights are going to go. You need to know where the actors are. What about the logistics of all the equipment? It's a very organized process. And when I learned about logistics, and I also took courses in filmmaking, obviously, when I learned both of these things, my brain pretty much exploded. I thought, oh my God, I am literally on the perfect path in my life right now. This is it. I love it. I love to be organized. I like things that are on point. So there you have it. That's my connection. And if I didn't tell you that, you would have never guessed that. You would never say, oh, she studied logistics. Yeah, that makes sense. She's into movies. No. (laughs) Who thinks like that? Nobody. Shall we move on to the next point? Point number two says passions change over time. And you know what? This article is actually pretty well written. Like it's it's interesting. It's it's a nice read. <laughs> it says, what Facebook pages did you like back in 2010? When I, <laughs> it's a good point. Like when I think back on that, it's a little embarrassing maybe. But I am a firm, firm believer of people don't change. People don't, let me say that again. People don't change. We only evolve. If I was stubborn as a child, sure, I'll grow up and I'll mature, of course. I mean, hopefully. And I'm not necessarily going to keep being stubborn the way that I was as a child, but maybe I will become an entrepreneur and I will become a very successful businesswoman. Why? Because I'm stubborn in a way that kept me determined and motivated to be successful. I mean, for me, as a child, people used to constantly complain, especially my teachers. After every single parent-teacher meeting, my parents would come back and, and lecture me just a little bit. I mean, they weren't too hard on me because they knew that it wasn't a flaw. It was just something, it was a, a skill that I needed to hone and perfect. Teachers used to always complain that I daydream. <laughs> and I always zone out and I always space out and I'm always thinking about something else and thinking about something other than what's right in front of me. Can you guess how that translated into my adult life now? You guessed it. Now I make movies. Now the things that I used to daydream about, I create them physically for other people to see. So I need to reiterate this point. People don't change. We just evolve. The third point in this article says that you're not always good at your passion. But it's not making a good case for you to be convinced to not follow your passion. All it means is that if you're not really good at your passion or if you're not good enough at your passion to make a decent living out of it, there's always a back door. If you're an athlete and you're not good at playing basketball, you can always try to become the coach. You can always try to become, if you're good at science, you can become a therapist for athletes. Because you know the inner works of an athlete, you have a passion for it. You just happen to be better at science and therapy and the psychological effects of athleticism than you are at the actual sport, physically. There's always a side door, or a back door, or you can come in through the chimney for all I care. 
when I was in, I think it was Utah, I want to say it was Utah, I was at a conference, and I met this woman, I wish I tried very hard to find her contact, or find the video that I made of her, I literally lost it, I'm, I feel terrible that I can't remember her name, but she was an athlete she was an olympic skier this was her passion from when she was a little girl this was her dream she wanted to join the olympics for skiing and she did it and as soon as she did guess what happened and i'm not going to say that this is a tragedy i'm not going to say that it's a tragic story or that you should feel sympathetic towards her once you hear what happened this woman was in an accident and it was a skiing accident and she was actually paralyzed from the waist down and what do you need in order to be a skier ladies and gentlemen you guessed it legs i'm sure she was distraught at first but i commend her i have tremendous respect for this woman because what she did was she did not let that keep her down This was her passion. Like, this was it. This in her life, this was do or die. Skiing is her thing, and she loves to do it. She loves to move. She loves to be an athlete. And she stuck to it. She stayed true to herself. She became a Paralympic athlete. And she won an Olympic medal. I think she won several, actually. I really hope that I can find her name or find her contact so that I can reach out and get her on this podcast. But I commend that type of passion. She found a side door and she did not let that bump in the road keep her from her passion. So what do you think about that? (laughs) Number four. Following your passion is a quote-unquote me-centered view of the world. I touched on this just a little bit in the previous episode. And I said that you need to be able to take care of yourself and your relationships with people in order to feed your passion in the most healthy and constructive way possible. But I did really, really, really enjoy reading this, uh, this point in the article. And I'm going to actually read the entire paragraph because I want you to really think about it and come to your own conclusion on this. Did I just say conclusion? (laughs) Your own conclusion. (laughs) All right. So the paragraph says, Doing what you love is a self-centered view of the world because it focuses on what you take out of the world whether that's money, cars, accolades, or something else, rather than what you put into the world. The latter is much more important. Yes, you can chase after your happiness, but what are you doing to help more than 7 billion other people in the world become happier too? I'm going to pause here for just a second. I want you to take a moment and think about what you just heard. Do you agree? Why or why not? Because the reason, boys and girls, I disagree with this completely and intensely is because I'm not stepping on any toes by experiencing life on a high frequency. I'm not dragging people down with me when I write poems. And if I wanted to do that professionally, as long as I go through the proper channels, meaning, for example, I didn't just quit my day job while I have a full family to support and depending on me, then Why wouldn't I at least attempt to pursue it? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. All you have to do is pace yourself. P 
pace yourself appropriately, grow with it, let it teach you, learn from it, make mistakes, but learn from your failures. Don't just keep making them and, and go about your day blindly. Don't feed into the stigma that passionate people can't be logical about how they pursue their passions. Now, that's basically just the entire article, but there are things that I need to add. I need to. The, the picture that I'm painting is not complete. What is a big mistake that people do when following their passion? What if I work at McDonald's, but I really just want to be a race car driver? Hypothetically, I need this job. I need to work at McDonald's. I need that paycheck at the end of every week. Or is it bi-weekly? Either way, there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever. I need it. I can't quit. But at the same time, I'm passionate about racing and I cannot fulfill my life's destiny if I don't give this a chance. The mistake that people make when trying to pursue their passion and the, one of the reasons why they end up failing is that they treat it like a hobby. You don't have to quit everything in life and dedicate every second of every day in, of your entire life to that hobby. But at least you can respect it. Pay your dues. Don't treat it like a hobby. If you want to be a NASCAR, <laughs> if you want to be a NASCAR driver, dedicate the appropriate amount of time and effort and passion and love and care to that so that you can at least say that you gave it your all. And if you fail, you at least know why it failed. Maybe you pursue it wholeheartedly and at the end of the day you realize, you know what, maybe I'm better at being a, a, a car engineer. How about that? A race car engineer. Maybe that's what you're better at. But you will never know if you don't give it the effort and time that it's due. The social norm is that you have a passion for A, but you spend most of your time at a job doing B. Where is the balance? You can do both, but you need to allocate the appropriate amount of time for both. And you need to do all of these things while still accepting the fact that you have to take risks. At some point in time, you're going to have to make a few sacrifices to make it work. And I'm not saying, again, throw away your entire life to follow your passion, but you got to compromise. There's no other way about it. You have to understand that great things come from effort, a little bit of luck, a little bit of prayer, a little bit of meeting the right people and networking, a little bit of selling yourself, a little bit of believing in yourself. And the measurements for these ingredients are different for every single person out there. That's why I keep saying you got to know yourself. You need to take some time every day to self-reflect. Grab a notebook. Open the notepad app on your iPhone. Start jotting down a list of things that you notice yourself thinking or feeling throughout the day. And soon enough, you'll be very self-aware. And the more self-aware you are, the more you realize that you need to be more self-aware. I know that it sounds weird, but I promise you, it's one of those obvious hidden gems. You don't notice it unless you see it. You could even argue that you need to be aware of that third eye that you have. Open it up and try to see things from a different perspective. So there you have it. That's a little bit about experiencing passion in your day-to-day. We deconstructed some of the stigma about passionate people and how we can deal with our passion in constructive ways and in ways that will benefit our lives and the lives of people around us. I really hope that I was able to give you something beneficial today and something that you can actually take and apply to your life. And again, 
I love to hear your feedback. If there's anything I said today that you'd like a deeper discussion on or something that you felt like I could have explained better, don't be shy. We're all here to learn and grow, so definitely hit me up on my website or on Instagram. You'll hear what both of those are in the outro. But you know what? I'm feeling a little energetic today too, and I got some time. So check out my website. That's www.thedepro.com or my Instagram, which is at directedbydina. Cue the outro. I want you to remember, thoughts become reality, so good vibes only. And don't forget to be conscious of what sparks that fire in your heart and learn how to feed it. If you want to keep being inspired, subscribe and listen weekly. Who knows, you may just be able to change your life, or at least your day. While you're at it, Head over to my website, www.thedpro.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-P-R-O. And keep in touch on Instagram. My handle is at directedbydina. Found the flame. Have a blessed day.